Hey there, welcome to First Glance with Jody Vance. You know the drill if you subscribe, which you should right down there. You should just hit subscribe because this is where you get in the know on really cool emerging companies. Not necessarily brand spanking new companies, but companies with news coming. News that shouldn't just be for those with expensive suits and pocket squares, but available to everybody who wants to maybe get into the market and find out a little about the people behind the scenes. And today we're talking to the International Game Technologies, Inc. CEO and Chris Neville. Glad to have you with us, Chris. How are you, Jody? How's your day going? Day's going pretty well. Looks like my day outside is kind of like yours. I'm in Vancouver. You're on the other coast. You're in Nova Scotia. Let's talk about International Game Technologies, Inc. and how your company, the publicly listed company, actually has, um, what, 100 years collectively of global gaming experience behind you? Yeah, I mean, so... Uh, I guess it would be two years this coming May, uh, the U.S. legalized. And um, so I sold, I was in another venture that I was in solo, wasn't public, private co, I was the only shareholder. And I sold it in 2010 and I had a non-compete for a number of years. And um, so at that time when the U.S. legalized, I made the decision I was going to go back in and fix all the mistakes that I made when I was, you know, a sole proprietor, owning my own company, not growing quick enough, taking six years to grow into, you know, seven countries instead of raising money through the capital markets and having, you know, access to the best people in the industry. So over the 20 years of Indian deals, buying companies, selling, um, I came across a lot of good people who I've created good relationships with who had no equity in a lot of, whether it would be private companies in the gaming space worth billions of dollars, there's many, um, or even public companies where they're, you know, they get in so late to the deals that their stock options are at $20, $25, $30 in a lot of cases. And, and, and they, you know, they can't build enormous wealth where they get in at the ground floor. So I approached a lot of the top guys three former CEOs of billion dollar companies. And I said, you know, let's create a plan. Um, the US is gonna be, you know, it's gonna take time to get, you know, let's call it 40-ish states online. And let's go into really good markets where we can be profitable with low cost per acquisition and high lifetime value on the players with good stickiness and retention products. And we made that decision over three, four days in Montreal and everyone resigned from their jobs. And uh, I think we raised initially just privately five or 6 million bucks just to kind of get the ball rolling prior to doing a reverse takeover and going public last July. Now I want you to name names. Let's name drop some of the people behind yeah. the scenes before we get into the nuts and bolts. I should mention the stock symbol is CSE bets, B E T S. We're talking gaming. We're talking betting. We're talking gambling. Let's talk through some of the names behind the scenes here. Name names, drop them. Name drop uh, managing director, Andy Lee. Andy uh, took party poker public um, in, that would have been 2000. 2005 then left uh he was an analyst left joined william hill ralph topping who's a mentor and advisor to a lot of us 
in this company, was the chairman and CEO of William Hill for 44, 43, 44 years. I should know this. Um, and so we attract, we attracted Andy initially as one of our first. Um, second was Jesse Menzies. Jesse was the CEO of Bodog Worldwide. Jesse lives overseas and takes care of our international markets. Um, he's taking care of India, Latin America for us. Um, Saxton Chadworth. Saxton was at Bodog for 16 years. Wow. Um, senior, senior management, number two under Jesse. Um, and then we have Ian Merriman. Ian was with Bet365, Victor Chandler. And then him and Andy, after Ralph retired from William Hill, they left and they went and launched uh, PokerStars into the U.S. market and their, and their sports book. And they turned that into a $100 million revenue center for, uh, at the time, it would have been Amaya. Now it's PokerStars, Star, FoxBet, um, since they've been bought by Fox. And um, on, other than that, on the content side, yep. one of our key, key guys... What's that? No, I'm just listening. It's amazing. Line, we have Joe Holka. Joe, Joe worked for Mark Cuban at Fantasy Labs. And uh, we're both um, high-level competitive daily fantasy sports players, playing in world championships uh, for a number of years. We became good friends. And I went after Joe to run Line Movement, which is another one of our assets which is basically a content site similar to what Sportsnet, your old company that where you were at, would be yeah. that drives a lot of traffic to our gambling site um, or online sports betting site in Casino in Canada, blitzbet.eu. Can we so talk a little bit about... Kind of covers our, we have a team in Gibraltar. <laughs> it just goes on and on. You've got so many people Go behind the scenes with so much cred like the the list that you just oh, rattled God. off there yeah. the credibility behind what you're doing let's make sure that we can squeeze in at some point here um a bit of an historic timeline if you will about how you've taken international game technologies inc into uh india and you mentioned south america and how you're moving it towards <laughs> the u.s and north american market and and how you're doing that in using influencer marketing versus perhaps some more traditional pathways. A hundred percent. So um, one of our first, like, you know, we're not a company that there's a lot of companies that are billion, multi-billion dollar online gambling companies that are going into the U S market and other markets and just trying to buy market share. Right. And what we want to do is instead of going in with a machine gun, go in with a rifle and be very particular on where we spend money, how we, you know, how we acquire players and to make sure that those players have high levels of, you know, ROI for our company. Yeah. So the first market we chose was the Indian market. It's, you know, they have, it's a 2 billion person market with, you know, I think it's like 60% of the people are under 30. And, and, you know, have iPhones take part in some type of gaming. So, you know, one of our goals as a company was, okay, how do we get into this market? How do we really create, you know, a difference, come with, you know, and create an ecosystem that we could really, you know, move our players from product to product. Because, right. you know, in March, the IPL, the Cricket League launches, which is like the NFL, 
in North America. So, you know, we're trying to cover our bases to make sure that we're monetizing 12 months a year. So the first acquisition we did, we purchased a poker site um, and it's actually the third fastest growing poker site in India right now. We're acquiring 1,000 to 1,500 new players a day. Wow. And then the second acquisition we did, which was in December, was um, a daily fantasy sports site. And when, when we were studying the market, it was myself and, a, and two other guys. We, lo- we, we looked Jesus at... Christ. Lee, you're not on mute. Lee? <laughs> there we go. We'll <laughs> cut that out. You carry on with your thought. Okay. All right. So when we looked at the India market and I started, we started really digging into the daily fantasy sports space. We, we looked at dream 11, which has Canadian investment, I think $70 million from a hedge fund out of Toronto and dream 11 at one point, a year and a half in were, were valued at over a billion, a billion dollars. And now, you know, the valuations on online gaming companies have changed rapidly where, you know, an online gambling company owning their own tech would be valued at a 14x multiple. Right. Today, you know, we're looking at all the acquisitions being done in across, right across the board, doesn't matter which country, 20 to 25x, no problem. People are getting it because of COVID, because of the spike in that. So we ended up purchasing Live Pools, which had a database of 1.7 million active users for daily fantasy sports. And then with Pools Blitz Poker product, you know, we're creating this ecosystem where 50, it's a known stat in the gambling industry, 55% will gamble if, you know, if they're, you know, they gamble for an they gamble, you know, for a living they will, you know, they will cross market into another product. So, right. you know, when we looked at it, it you know, we kind of looked at it as, okay, the DFS product is great during soccer and cricket, but, you know, they have a big lull in downtime. And, and this is where our poker product comes in, where we can cross market all of these players over to our poker product and continue to double up and monetize them. And it's the same for poker. When the, when the IPL starts in March, all of our poker players will see a dip in poker revenue, but a spike in our, in our DFS product. And we're going to continue to build on that with Rummy. Um, you know, H23 is a company that are the biggest in the Indian market with Rummy. It's probably worth 500 million, maybe two, three years old. And this market, Jody, like we, it, it just, we, when we looked at it and we dug in, it's like the poker boom when Chris Moneymaker won yeah. the World Series of Poker in 2003. So we're looking at pretty much a mirror image of the United States market in India, but at a tenth of the cost and probably 75% of the lifetime value we're getting in the players instead of an additional 25%. Like a cost, let's, I'll give you one quick example. Cost per acquisition in the U.S. with a normal gaming company strategy, we'll pick William Hill, um, you know, Foxbet, whoever it may be. They're paying anywhere from six hundred to thirteen hundred dollars U.S. to acquire a player. Now, in order to get that player to be cash flow positive, they would have to retain that player for three years and keep them gambling. And, you know, a lot of the time right now in the U.S., 
that strategy isn't going to work long term because you know there's no players that have that much stickiness in that market with the offerings that a lot of the casinos are you know right now i'm seeing mgm offer you know your first bet for free up to five hundred dollars there it's it's a very competitive marketplace that is very competitive. Now, how have we, and pardon me if this is a super novice question, but that's why I love my job here at First Glance with Jody <laughs> yeah. Vance. As people are watching, they're like, tell us the stock symbol. It's C-S-E bets, B-E-T-S. Yeah, it's on the, so check that it's out. It's on the C-S-E and yeah. then in the U.S. it's B-L-I-T-F. B-L-I-T-F is in If they're United States watchers. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Yes. So with COVID-19 yeah. and in many juris- jurisdictions, excuse me, jurisdictions, um, the closing down of in-person gambling, how has that impacted your industry? And how do you see that evolving as we sort of exit COVID-19? I mean, it, it's really, you know, initially for the online firms, you've seen, you know, stocks like Penn, who own 30% of Bardstool. I mean, the stock was at $3 and then was trading as high as 90 plus dollars. So, you know, there was a 30, 30 to 40% bump in everyone that moved online. So what you saw when COVID hit was, you know, a lot, the people that went to the casino, let's call it for entertainment once every week or two, had dinner, played slots, played blackjack, did whatever they did. Yeah. They were never introduced to the online experience. So, you know, on Saturday night, they were forced if they wanted to, to actually sign up, register for an online site. So our industry saw 30, 40% growth during COVID for the first six months. And, you know, it's, once you're introduced that you can sit on your coach and you don't have to leave, you don't have to get dressed, go down, place a bet. It's very hard for the casinos to get them back through the door. And in the U S market, I mean, what we saw was, you know, I'm a guy that's been in online gambling since 2003. I couldn't run a land-based casino. I have a lot of friends that do do that. And it's not something I could do. But, you know, what you saw was each casino in the United States, depending on the state, was granted a number of licenses. So Mm -hmm. in New Jersey, each casino got, we'll say, five licenses for sports betting, five for casino in some cases. Buy for iGaming, which is casino and poker and whatever else that goes into iGaming, esports, um, etc. So they were selling the li- these licenses because, look, they didn't want to set up a team. Yeah. They didn't want to have the overhead and they didn't have the know-how in the U.S. that exists, A, in Europe and B, offshore um, from companies that were that have been doing this for 20 plus years. Yeah. So going they were back selling to your, their license. Going back to your 100 years collectively of people behind the scenes that know what they're doing here. Like there's exactly this perfect balance. Before I let you go, because you know what, we're just going to need to do more of these because clearly I have 9,000 questions and, sure. and uh, you're short on time uh, today, but let's reconnect like this week because I want to continue on with your story. I want to ask you specifically about, you said hey, sure. that you want to go in and be very targeted and strategic of how you market uh, in International Game Technologies, Inc. Um, And in doing so, in using influencers, is there, can you you give me sort of a a reasoning? Because influencers often mean younger people where, you know, the real committed casino going, regular gambler demographic is a little bit 
higher than that, as is the disposable income? Like, does it balance itself out because the organics is, is there in terms of, of spreading the word? Because I'm imagining in my head as you're talking why, you know, people are sitting on their couches and then all of a sudden casinos are going to open the land-based casinos open again. And they're like, but I'm already playing with all of my friends here and all of my friends that I'm playing with can't necessarily make it to the casino yeah. in my neighborhood. Like I kind of, I'm answering my own question, I think, as to why the influencer path is, is so key <laughs> to what you're doing. I mean, there's, so yeah, I'll touch on two parts to that. One is okay. influencer marketing, marketing is, is auto, like it's immediate. Right. So for example, I don't know how many people follow you on Twitter. You know, if you made post, we would see immediate results. Yeah. So, you know, the old days of taking ads out in magazine and sports illustrated and not knowing where traffic comes from. And, you know, we're at an age where, and all of us experience this, where, you know, if you go on Expedia and you're typing in a flight, that'll chase you around the internet, you know, different airlines with different offerings, yes. with, you know, through pixel tracking. So online, it, it just allows us to basically reach so many people. Like we have an influencer who's the captain of the Indian national cricket team. Wow. And you know, he, he has more followers followers than I do on Twitter. Let me just say that. The captain. He he, he has tens of millions. He has tens of millions of the India cricket national team. So we use him in a very strategic way. You know, we have, we'll set up poker tournaments where he's playing. We'll give away prizes if you knock him out of the poker tournament. So we're driving 10, you know, tens of thousands of people who want to play with these, you know, it'd be like if we're using a Canadian or a U.S. example, it, you know, it would be like playing with Wayne Gretzky in an online tournament or in the U.S., a Tom Brady or, you know, a Joe Montana, if it was NFL, and these people, you know, they help your brand. They give brand, you know, they make people feel safe inside of your brand. Yeah. I don't have to get into a conversation like we're having, like, look, you know, our, we're a public, everything is transparent. And, yeah. you know, we have over a hundred years experience just in our management team. So, and it allows us to grow at such a rapid pace that when we launched our poker site in India, we set records and we were breaking our own records on the network we're on the quadrant network every day in the month of August. So the, you know, the influencer strategy is a very, very effective one and it's a cost effective strategy. And it's the reason why we use it in the U S the cost per acquisition that the, the affiliates, you know, people that can send traffic, whether you're, you know, a marketing company, a media company, what they're charging there's just no ROI for the, for the operators with, you know, if you take into like, we'll look at Pennsylvania, I'll just pick Pennsylvania. You know, you're looking at a 27% tax rate. You're looking at 5% for um, the cost for transactions to deposit and withdraw money. And then in Pennsylvania, you're also, then you have to make money. So, you know, we've ran every model in the world on that market and it's impossible to make money if you're operating an online casino in Pennsylvania. But then if you look at New Jersey who have done it extremely right, they're charging 16 and a half percent. They're doing a billion dollars a month in handle and the government in the state of New Jersey is making $165 million. 
in these COVID times, we're seeing, you know, Bill C-118 in Canada, where the Canadian government are now going to launch, allow online gambling companies to exist. Yeah. This isn't coincidental. This is a, you know, there's billions of dollars. I mean, the state of New Jersey is a very small state. If you look at Canada, it's the same size as a whole as California. California in the U.S. is looked at as the holy grail when it comes online. It'll be the biggest market in the world. So, you know, if you look at a jersey and they're doing a billion a month, you know, they're project they're projecting two to four billion uh, market. Like that's what the market's worth in Canada. I can tell you right now, you know, they have no idea about offshore companies. Like there's one offshore company that does a billion alone, not counting everything that's done, you know, in land-based casinos and, you know, with um, the lottery corporations across Canada. So the, the market is much bigger than they know. And, you know, why people will leave the, you know, the black, I call them, it's the black market, which is the companies operating without a regulated license. We only operate in, in, in countries with licenses. The reason why is we'll make it super simple for you to deposit and withdraw your money. Your money is safe on a site. Whereas, you know, if you do a lot of research, there's been a lot of problem in the, in the, in the online gambling industry with the companies that were operating without licenses. Yeah. Some have disappeared overnight with, you know, a lot of deposits. All of the money. Yeah. You know what, Chris, we have got to continue this conversation. Yeah, exactly. I'm fascinated. I'm excited by this. Thank you for choosing first glance with Jody Vance to talk it through with me. And I look forward to a uh, regular updates from you on your very exciting and, and what seems like accelerating trajectory here. If people want to learn more about your company, do you have a website that, that people can just tap into? Sure. I three company.com. It has everything about our management team, all our news releases. And then if you want to look up our stock symbol, it's uh, BETS on the CSC exchange. Um, and in the in the U.S. on the OTC, it's BLITF, and they could and they could take a look at where we're trading right now. We spent the first six months getting everything set up in place, all of our teams, Gibraltar, India, customer support, K, know your customer, KYC, payments, and now we're you know we're now at a place where we're going to start executing on our plan and really ramping up revenue and ramping up our our acquisitions and our growth. Exciting times. It's International Game Technology Inc. Chris Neville is the CEO. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much, Jody. I appreciate your time.